ask you that before we get started. You resting in the Lord? Trusting in Him? He'll carry you through. Whatever's going on, trials, tragedy, triumphs, you name it, He'll, he'll carry you through it. He's faithful and just to do it, isn't He? I always tell people this. You know, it's always good to write those things down. Like when God comes through and He shows up and He answers that prayer and whatnot. So the next time you're going through an issue, a trial, a, a, you know, something that's going on, do I need to stay right here and get in there? Okay, good. As y'all know me, I don't like staying still. But, you know, the next time you're fixing to go through it or you're, you're right up to those waters, like the Red Sea waters, and you need them to, to just open up and you walk through dry ground and get to the other side, you just go back to that, that, that need, that, that last prayer request. Because you know what? If he was faithful then, he's faithful now. Amen? He'll carry you through those things. So if you have your Bibles, turn to uh, John, the, the Gospel of John. We're going to look at verses of uh, chapter 15. We're going to look at 15 verses 26 through chapter 16 through 4. So we're going to look at a few. Um, why does it break up that way? Well, you know, um, man put these chapters and verses and different things in there. It's maybe not how it always lays out just because it starts a new chapter or something, okay? Yes, ma'am. 15, John 15, John chapter 15. We'll bump around and look at a few things. So in John's gospel, Jesus has continued to uh, this discourse, dialogue. He's talking to his disciples. He's telling them what, what's going on, what to prepare for. Um, so we kind of want to think through that tonight. I know some of you maybe hadn't been here, and that's okay. We're, we're just chapter by chapter, verse by verse, looking at John and what's going on. And like I said, chapters, I think it's... Um, 13 through 17 he's having this discourse with his disciples he's talking to them he's getting them ready for things that are going to happen well a lot during 13 14 and 15 he's getting them ready for his departure he's going to leave and they can't quite understand that because they want this messiah to sit on a throne and to rule and and and, and overturn this slavery of Rome that they had them under and the, the hard relations and all this different things and, 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 and so they can't quite figure it out they want this conquering king but he's came as a servant's king right he came to seek and to serve and, and he came to uh, walk with these guys and to train them and talk to them so he's preparing them for his departure we saw in 15 that he's pruning them what does that mean? He's saying, hey, I want you to produce fruit, but I want you to produce much fruit. Um, and sometimes, if, if, and a lot of times the Bible is agricultural, right? It talks about agricultural things. Why? Because they were agricultural people. Uh, if you go to Israel today, you'll eat and you will see some of the best produce and fruit you'll ever eat. I'm a fruit connoisseur. I love fruit. And so I've had some great fruit in Israel. It's, it seems like it's sweeter, it's better. Um, why? Because it's God's land, right? I guess, I don't know. But man, it sure is good. And so he's, he's, he's telling them things that maybe we don't always understand in our context and where we live and stuff like this. You know, if we were probably in... In, in a much larger city or something like that you're talking about farming most of them yahoos would be like farming i don't know anything about farming we're blanchard right or surroundings 
or, or probably has some ties to the south and we understand farming agriculture and stuff like this and uh, you know when, when you take a fruit tree a lot of times after the fruits come off the, the tree in, in different area different time like maybe early spring something I'm sure y'all are better, uh, better um, farmers than I am agriculture stuff but you prune that back so when it goes to bring the next harvest it's usually a better harvest right well that's the theory behind it and so he's saying hey you're good guys you're good people I'm I'm training you I'm teaching you but you still need a little pruning see I, I think that's the transformational process in all of us right I'm not where I want to be. I'm going to just be honest with you. I'm not perfect, although sometimes I think I walk on water and I try to convince Christy that I walk on water and that I'm perfect. And, but, you know, I know I'm not. I know my shortcomings. I know where I fail. I'm, I'm my biggest critic. Um, I'll just laugh at it. I'll just laugh and throw this out there. You may criticize my preaching or think about my preaching or something like that. You probably don't. Y'all all love me. I know you do. But I'm my biggest critic. I go home and go, man, I shouldn't have said that. I missed this point. I missed that in there. So, you know, we know that we're not perfect, right? That we're, we're just being transformed and we're being tuned. So this is what John's doing. He, he, he's, he's telling us, but Jesus is telling him, and therefore he's writing it down. He's giving it to us. So we see that he's preparing. We see that he's pruning. And then tonight we're going to look at producing. Yeah, that's three Ps. Y'all are good. But um, that, that's kind of what we're seeing, that, that they're, they're producing. Jesus will be producing work in their life. And you know what? It's not just for them. He's producing in our lives too, amen? If we're disciples and we're growing and we're maturing and we're being more and more, looking more and more like Christ. So, again, I like Wednesday night. Y'all can talk. Y'all can ask questions. You throw fruit at me, whatever you want to do. But... You know, tonight, if, if, if you're kind of thinking and, um, and, and, and thinking through this, and look, I know I think probably on one side of my brain, and some of y'all think the other side of your brain and everything, and, but I ask a lot of questions, and sometimes I know the answer, and maybe, you, you know, maybe you're like, hey, I was thinking it was this way. There's no wrong answer, okay? So don't feel bad if you throw something out, and I go, maybe that wasn't where I was going. But who inside you, once salvation, produces in you? Starts with an H and it has an S in it. Holy Spirit, good job, that's right. The Holy Spirit, He's inside us and, and He's transforming us, He's changing us, He's speaking, He's convicting, and all these different things. And that's the crux, I believe, of 26 through 4 where we're going tonight. The Holy Spirit and, and the promises that He has. So if you, if you have the text with me, John 15, looking at verses 26 and moving forward. Just read with me as we go. You do it silently, I'll do it out loud. But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you always will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. See, bear witness, bear fruit. It's all still talking about that from the beginning, about abiding in him, producing fruit and these different things. And then verse uh, 1 of chapter 16 says this, this, These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think he, that he um, is offering service to God in God's service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. 
But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I've told them to you. Father, we thank you for your word. It's a lamp into our feet, a light into our path. So, Father, I pray you speak to us tonight. But God, as James says in his uh, letter, Lord, let us not just be hearers of the word, but be doers. Give us the faith to live these uh, responsibilities out. Give us the faith that it takes to hear, receive, respond, and to move. And so, God, we thank you in advance for what you're going to do. We love you, and we praise you, and we ask it all in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, so again, we're going to take this kind of like a bite at a time. We're, we're going to take all of chapter 16, but just kind of want to see where we're at, what's happening. And so as you read the text right here, Jesus will come as the helper. But what has to happen first? He has to go to the cross. He has to suffer many things. He has to take on your guilt, your sin, and all that, and mine, and, and all of humanity. He has to take that on himself. He has to go to the cross. He has to shed his blood. And then three days later, what? We're going to do this in Easter here pretty soon. Rise again. Good job. Yeah, he's, he's going to rise. And so he, he's telling them this helper. And so we've got to have context. What, what is the helper? The helper is the Holy Spirit. Not some supernatural influence. You know, a lot of times we're, you know, you tell people that, that we as Christians, we believe in the Holy Spirit, and they're like, what is that? Some supernatural thing in the clouds or something like that? No, it's the third part of the Trinity, right? The Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. And so this is where, as, as Baptists or, or, or where we are, we, we believe in the Trinity and stuff like this. But so it's, it's not something that's hoovering around the clouds. He comes to us and through us he carries out the ministry to the world so in us and through us the holy spirit's in us so i kind of want to get you prepared for this um not this week but next week we're going to start taking up a benevolence offering in here and, and so we want to do that our benevolence funds kind of low and we want to meet needs of folks that are happening where are you going with that preacher well that, that giving comes from the holy spirit that's not a super it's a supernatural thing I, it's a love that that i typically don't have to give to other people right i, I want to keep it all for myself and all that kind of stuff i don't have an extra dollar to give to that person or to give to that kind of thing but you know what through the power of the holy spirit he convicts us and shows us there are poorer people than us and less fortunate things like that and we can we can help them with their electric bill we can help them with water bills we can help with with different things that, that they're facing so that takes the holy spirit inside of us and he carries out these ministries um you know, you know loving other people you know it's hard to love people isn't it how about that guy when he cuts you off in traffic do you love him <laughs> you want to kill him i know but supernatural we have this holy spirit see now when you're born again and somebody cuts you off in traffic yes you may get mad you may get frustrated or whatnot but if the holy spirit is inside you it's going to convict you really quick when you gave them they're the number one <laughs> it will it'll convict you really quick and and bring that conviction to you so this is kind of what i want us to see that it's this influence inside of us this communication the the, the, the Spirit of God speaks to us through the Holy Spirit, right? He speaks. That's how He communicates us. Uh, and then you, you kind of look through it. Um, but when He, the Helper, comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father. So we're looking at this. It's, it's this call to, this summons. It's called to one side. 
call to one's aid. That's what the Holy Spirit, doesn't he come to your aid when you need him? He, he comes uh, to, to help you, to walk with you, to, to, to talk with you. One who pleads on another's cause uh, for, for a judge. See, sin says, I'm guilty. Through the blood of Jesus, through the advocate, he says that I'm clean and forgiven. And y'all should have went, whoo-hoo, amen. Because now we have the Holy Spirit within us. He, 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 the judge once would said guilty, now says forgiven. And I don't have to live with shame and guilt and remorse and, and, and addiction and all those different things. The Holy Spirit within me saves us from all that, convicts us. It's also this, a counselor for our defense. That's what we, we don't see this legal side of the advocate, the paraclete, the Holy Spirit. Sometimes we don't see that. He's advocating for us all the time. When Satan's coming, remember when Job and, and he was trying to do all that and you know just, just trying to convict him and all that kind of stuff? Well, God said he's not guilty. And in us, the same way, not guilty. That's the verdict. Isn't that good? Sometimes I look at me and I go, man, I am messed up. I do some messed up things. I beat myself up, and then all of a sudden the Holy Spirit goes, why, why are you doing that? I, I'm not convicting you of that. I said, the verdict is not guilty. There's, a, there's, a, there's people that live out there in so much shame and regret and all that. Aren't you glad that, man, when you got saved, you got down on your knees and you said, Lord, forgive me of that. I'm sorry. I, I, I know I shouldn't have done those things. And he convicted me and you gave your life to Christ. I don't know about y'all, man. When I got up from salvation, it was like this huge weight was off me. Maybe I was just worse than y'all were. But, man, it was just like, oh, my goodness, I'm forgiven. No sentence anymore no condemnation it's a legal assistant the advocate one who pleads another's cause uh, with one an intercessor of Christ in, ex in exaltation at God's right hand isn't that cool that we have Jesus sitting on God's right side when we're praying and he's whispering in his ear you know it's just such good that we have this advocate on our behalf saying man hey I, I, I hear him praying today this is what's going on in his life. Can I tell you something? Here's the deal with answered prayer. It's not always right now. It's not always instantaneous. Sometimes it's wait, right? And sometimes it's just no. But we have a father that cares, and we have a son that petitions for us, and those are those good things of who this Holy Spirit, not it, he, the Holy Spirit, speaking on our behalf in a wiser sense or a wider sense, a helper, an aid, assistant of. And those are all good terms for what, this, what the Holy Spirit is for us. So we kind of need to understand all that uh, of what's going on. And, you know, uh, this thing called Thayer's lexicon, you, you can kind of read in there and, and seeing more of what it means. It's a summon, a call to one side, especially call to one side and to one's aid. He's on our side. <laughs> I don't know about y'all, but man, there's a world out there that's against you. If you're a born-again believer, if you don't believe it, you ain't standing up for Jesus enough. Because when you're standing up for him, there's a world out there going, man, I don't want to hear that junk. I don't want to hear about your God. I don't want to hear about prayer. 
but we that's who we have we have this on our side he's on our side holy spirit uh, to take our place of Christ when the apostles after the ascension of the Father to lead them to a deeper knowledge of the gospel truth so this Holy Spirit began to while they walked with him and, and talked with him and, and they began so many years later writing this down the Holy Spirit began to speak to them hey this is what you need to put down on paper this is your gospel account this is what I'm telling you to say see we believe it's all God inspired right Holy Spirit inspired the word of God Every dot, every tittle, alpha, omega, that's the beginning and the end. It's all inspired by God, right? Through the power of the Holy Spirit, bringing to remembrance what happened in their life. And yes, I took everything out of my Bible tonight so I can pick it up and papers aren't going anywhere. But that's who we have. That's what's going on. One who pleads another's cause with one, an intercessor. Um you see this in John 14 16 he says and I will pray the father and he will give you another so he, he's told them these disciples he said I will pray to the father and he'll give you another called the helper that he may abide with you forever Isn't that good news he doesn't just abide with us for a minute he abides with us forever the Holy Spirit John 14 26 but the helper the Holy Spirit whom the father will send in my name he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I've said to you. So remember, he's, he's telling them, he, he's teaching and telling these disciples, I'll bring to remembrance everything you need to put down in this book. It's all God inspired. He told them what to write. He told them what to put down. All things. I will teach you all things. So let's just take a sidestep for a minute. Same Holy Spirit will teach you things. You know where you're going to learn them from? Being in his presence. Being in his presence. Yeah, the Bible, you're right, Miss Paula. Being in his presence with the Bible, through prayer, and all these different things. You know what? There, there's things, and look, I'm not, I'm, I'll take firsthand, say I'm not a Rhodes Scholar by any means, but I'm going to tell you what, it's not because I don't study. I study. I get in this word, I, and, and there's just all the time little things just come out, and he shows new things. Isn't it good? That this word is alive and it speaks to us fresh and anew every time you get into it whether you're six or 106 it's going to speak to you fresh and new every time why because it's the power and the presence of the holy spirit he speaks to us so we see that in john 15 26 that we we read tonight but when the helper comes whom i send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And we'll talk about that a little bit more. John 16, 7, Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. So he's telling them, it's to your advantage that I leave. If I stay with you, then you're not going to have the Holy Spirit. We know what happens in Acts, don't we? And the Holy Spirit comes, breathes into these guys, and they become some of the greatest evangelists of all times, greatest preachers. People get saved. The, the world flips up upside down, and we now have the gospel. It's good news. He said, if I don't go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Don't you know that they were sitting there going, what is he talking about? Dude, I love you, Jesus. I gave up all my junk, man. 
the fishing boat. Remember, remember me and Zebedee and, and the boys, we were hanging out on the, on, the, on, the, on, the, on the river, throwing out net, hanging in fish. Dude, I like being with you. Why are you going away? They couldn't understand it. But you know what? Something greater was coming. Can I tell you tonight, I don't know what you're going through, but something greater's coming. Something greater's coming. You know who it is? Jesus at the second coming. One day, he's going to take us all out of here. And the dead in Christ is going to go first, and those, those that remain will meet him in the air. Woo! That's good news. He's going to come. But until then, we have the Holy Spirit convicting us, challenging us, changing us, making us more and more into his image so number two second point of this that we're reading through here jesus will send the helper from the father i, I want to jump but i'm not i'm gonna stay still it, 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 it's, it's it's looking at the the meaning of, of, of sending is this the teacher who came forward by god's command with his authority and said to be or to have been sent by god remember john the baptist he was sent by god and that, that, that's the context that you're thinking here. Jesus was sent by God. But hey, I know that's hard. Some things are just like his ways are higher than our ways, his thoughts. I mean, you know, like we understand, if, if you've been around the church world a little bit, that Jesus has always been, right? But you go and look at the genealogy of Matthew, and Jesus was born, and we celebrate Christmas and all that. So it's kind of like, man, what's going on? What do you mean he was born and all that? He was fully God. He was fully man. He's always been. He's Jesus. You know what that takes? Starts with an F. Faith. Good job. It takes faith believing this word of God. We have to step out in faith. We have to trust it. That Jesus is who he said he was. He's the son of God and the son of man. He's the Messiah. He's the Savior. We have to take the book and, and read it and believe it. It takes faith. It takes faith to say... Greater is he that's in me than he that's in the world. It takes faith to when your marriage is falling apart to go, man, I'm going to just trust Jesus. He's going to work this out. It takes faith when you get a, a diagnosis of cancer or heart disease or something like that, that you, don't, that you don't walk through that valley alone, that you walk with the Holy Spirit. And he says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. But see, we get so earthly-minded that we're no heavenly good. We're so worried about, like, diagnoses and, 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 and this and that and all that, when the greater thing is this, is telling other people about Jesus, that he is the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father through the Son. That's the greater. I'm going to tell you right now, this is a shell, that's a shell, that's a shell. Every one of us are a shell. We're not going to live here forever. One day we're going to shell out. <laughs> And this pod be a pea, and we'll spend all of eternity in a place called heaven. So we see all this. Jesus was sending the helper from the Father. He, he sent Jesus. Jesus being sent, doing the will of the Father, honoring the Father. John 4, 34 says this. Jesus said to them, My food is of the, the will of him who sent me, and to finish his work. See, he, he's already saying, I've been sent. I've got things to do. Food's good. It, it comes in. It goes out. You know, that, that's all good. But I've got food greater than what you understand. And then he says this in John 5, 34, that I should honor the Son just as they honored the Father. He does not honor the Son, does not honor the Father who sent him. He's saying, I've been sent. Jesus was sent here to do 
a job. He was sent here to walk with these disciples. He was sent here to, to speak. And, and so again, in, in John 5, 30, he says this, I of myself can do nothing. See, there's authority in headship. Jesus was under God's authority. Again, do, do we understand all that and put it all together? No, but it's his plan. It's his way. He said, look, I, I'm under his authority. I myself can do nothing. As I hear, I judge, and my judgment is righteous because I do not seek my own will but the will of the Father who sent me. So Jesus is explaining, and he's telling us, and, and, and he's telling these disciples, I've been sent. I'm sent by the Father here to do what only I can do. The perfect Lamb of God who has come to, to shed his blood and, and to train you guys that, that, that you're going to go out and, and change the whole world. So we see that, that Jesus was sent. He sent the helper from the Father. Jesus, the Father, and the Holy Spirit of one. Amen? That's what we call the Trinity. He, he, he talks all through that. But when the helper comes from, I shall send to you from the Father. So we see the Father the spirit of truth we see the spirit inside here and the father he will testify of me we see jesus all three are in here you know what that tells me they've always been it wasn't created because see some religions say well you know you got a three-headed god and all this there's the, the god there's jesus and then there's a the spirit but that's not what we believe we believe it's three but they're in one right and that's sometimes that's hard to explain the trinity isn't it but he shows us all through Scripture that the Trinity is here and has always been. Proceeds, when you, when you look at that word inside there, proceeds properly with mention of the place from where. What you say in there, preacher? All right, that's just a lot of wordage to say, where did God, where is God? Where did Jesus come from? Starts with an H. Heaven, man, y'all are so smart. Yeah, he came from heaven. He's saying where he came from. He's saying where was the Holy Spirit? Where's the Holy Spirit holding on till Jesus goes to the cross and is dead? He's in heaven. I know Brother Joe asked me that the other day. He was like, well, you know, something about the Holy Spirit. Did he come here when, when I think it was um, the big guy, Samson. He asked me, did the Holy Spirit come into Samson and everything? I said, according to God's word, that's not what it said. The Holy Spirit didn't come to Acts. When he breathed in the Holy Spirit, but the Holy Spirit's always been. Hey, look, <laughs> takes F-A-I-T-H to put all that together. That's all I know. And his, all I know, too, is his ways are higher, and I don't always understand them. But we see when the Holy Spirit comes. From one's dwelling, one's vicinity, he's talking about in 26. That's where he's come from. He's come from heaven. God, Son, Holy Spirit, all three come from heaven and we call that the Trinity, and the Trinity has always been. So we see in here, once Jesus dies and is raised from the dead, God will send the Holy Spirit to them. They don't get it. They don't understand it, but that's what's going to happen once he dies. And, and I know they're not looking forward to that, but it, that's the only way the Holy Spirit's going to come, that he has to die. So we see that. He's died. Then the Father bears witness about Jesus. Matthew three seventeen. And suddenly a voice came from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Remember, this was when he went with John the Baptist, and he, he went to be baptized, and he said, Hey, John, I need to be baptized. Jesus telling John, I need to be baptized. And he said, No, I need to be baptizing you. Oh, this is too much. I, I don't know what. But he was obedient 
even in baptism. To who? The Father. The Father had a purpose and a plan. And Jesus, you know what? He willingly did everything the Father told him to do. He was baptized. The, according to Scripture, the heavens open, and he says, This is my beloved Son, who I am well pleased. And a dove lit on the shoulder and all this kind of stuff. The voice of God said, This is my Son. So God has bared witness of his Son. I'm going to get to it in a minute, but I'm going to ask you this. Are you bearing witness? Remember, we're talking about bearing fruit, right? We're talking about fruit. And, and, and he's using all this terminology of bearing fruit and to prune and all these different things. And so we see that, that, that the Father bore witness of the Son <clears throat> in Matthew 3, 17. Matthew 17, 5, while he was still speaking, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them. And suddenly a voice from heaven came saying, this is my beloved son who I'm well pleased. Transfiguration. They're on the mountain with Moses and Elijah. And, and, and Peter, he don't know what to do. He wants to build a tent and a tabernacle because that's all he knows what to do. But it's Jesus there. He's being obedient. And he tells him one more time, this is my beloved son. Why did he tell them that? So they could put it in this book. They could write it down and have a testimony of who he is and and how they spoke of all three, and the Father bears witness. And then the disciples bear witness of Jesus. He's telling them, you as disciples, as we keep going, in verse 27 he says, and you also will bear witness because you have been with me from the beginning. Salvation in your life, in my life. It had to have a beginning, doesn't it? It didn't just happen. Because, see, I, I share the gospel with people sometimes, and I'm not going to knock a religion right now. That's, that's not my gig. That's not what I'm supposed to be doing. It's not what you're supposed to be doing. But I have talked to some folks in some other denominations, and they said, I've been since I was born. I was baptized at birth. Not according to this word. This word tells us that I have to understand that I'm a sinner, and I'm lost without Christ, and I can do nothing on my own. I'm dead in my sin. I'm dead in my trespasses. What makes me alive is the Holy Spirit coming inside me, convicting me of lostness, showing me that I need a Savior. And that's what they have right here. They understand that, that now, once Jesus, they have spent time with him some three and a half years, it's their responsibility to go tell other people. Where would we be without them doing that? Where would, we, where would the church of Acts have happened if they weren't obedient and preach the gospel and teach and share and write what we have? So we, we see that the disciples bore witness of Jesus. First, acknowledging him as Savior. Remember, he, he asked Peter, we, we, I'm, I'm teaching two different things right now. I'm teaching John on, on Wednesday nights, but I'm teaching Matthew right now on Sunday mornings. And he asked him, but who do men say that I am? And Peter said, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. So all this bears witness of who he is. And, and then Peter, he, he, he bore witness. And, and then now we're to bear witness. This is what Romans eight sixteen says. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. So I believe on a Wednesday night, most of you in here are born again believers of Christ. 
I don't think we have many or any lost folks in here, but if you're lost, we'll, we'll talk it out at the end. Um, I'll, I'll explain to you how to be saved if you need to be saved. The Holy Spirit speaking and drawing. But if you're already saved, you know, it's His Spirit that bears with our spirit. That Holy Spirit, He's still talking about the Holy Spirit. It bears in with our spirit that we're children of God. So let me ask you something. I'm a child of a guy named Clay Fuquay Sr. I'm a junior. Yeah, she knew my daddy. I know my daddy. I can talk about my daddy. How about you? Y'all have a good daddies? I had a great daddy. Provided well for me. He was hard as nails with discipline. He's made, he made me who I am through Christ, you know, him and Christ. Christ. Christ gets the credit for the good part. But you know what? I know about my dad. I can tell you all kind of things about my dad. My dad was the president of the Cattlemen's Association. My dad was a business owner. My dad was a contractor, a builder, a master craftsman. He couldn't build a chicken coop without a square and a, and a level. and It had to all be perfect. Everything he built had to be perfect. See, what you know about, you'll talk about. Do you know your father? Because when you know your father and you're his son, I'm going to tell you what, my father talked about me too. He bragged on me, said good things about me. I'm going to tell you what, your heavenly father does the same thing. The enemy, on the other hand, wants to get between your ears and he tells you you're a loser. You're guilty. You're an, you're an addict. You're, you're this. You know what I tell him all the time? No, that's who I once was. Remember in the baptistry, we buried that old dude. This is newness of life. Holy Spirit brings newness of life. God brings newness of life. Jesus brings newness of life. And you know what I know, Miss D? I talk about what I know. I know the things about Jesus. I may not know Genesis through Revelation, frontwards and backwards, but I know in my testimony what Jesus did for me. I know how he saved me, I know how he's changed me, and I know how he's working on me every day through transformation to be more and more like him. And you see, when I know that, I may not know Genesis through Revelation, but I know my testimony. And I know this according to God's word, your testimony has power. It's, not who, it's who I once was. It's not who I am now. Jesus is who I am now. And so we need to be talking about those things. We need to be witnessing, telling other people what's done in our life, what's happened. See, and, 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 and again, even if you don't believe me that you're to be a witness, there's two scriptures in the Bible that you can go to. I'm just giving you two that I know right off the top of my head. Acts 1.8, he says, you will be my what? Starts with a W. Good job. You will be my witnesses. You know where it says you're going to be his witness? In Blanchard. In Shreveport, New Orleans, Marksville, Jeaner, Caldwell, all throughout Louisiana. And then you'll be my witness in California, San Diego, New Mexico, Nevada. You know where that is? Wherever you go. 
I don't know where you're going next. I don't know where I'm going next. I hope I'm going to stay in Blanchard for, for the rest of my life. But I don't know that. Because I go where God tells me to go. And that should be for all of us. Because I'm a pilgrim passing through. This is not my home. Not Effie, which I call home. Not Blanchard. Not Marksville. None of those places. You know where I'm eternally destined to go? ATA. The Heaven. Heaven's my home. It's just, this is just my dance rehearsal. It's just choir rehearsal right here. You choir members, I'm thankful y'all get to come on Wednesday night now. This is our choir rehearsal. But you shall... Here, here's, here's the good part. Y'all want the good part? You shall be... You shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. See, that's how you know when the Holy Spirit's come upon you. That's how you know that you're saved. He says, when He's come upon you, you shall be my witnesses. You know what I like about that, Craig? It's not if you feel like being my witness. You shall be my witness. What you know, you'll talk about. What you love, you'll talk about. You shall be my witnesses. And, and again, I, I picked and I said Blanchard and all that. But Jerusalem just meant, where, where were they? <laughs> they were in Jerusalem. He's saying, first off, you're going to speak for me right here. And you're going to see the greatest revival of all time happen right here in, 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 at the temple. Thousands of people get saved. The movement squeaks, squeaks, and squeaks, sweeps all across Africa and all across uh, Europe and in and, and, and that Turkey and, and, and all that region, Mesopotamia. All throughout there, the gospel starts just moving and moving and moving. Why? Because of a dude named Paul who was one of the greatest persecutors of the church. Jesus and all them, he got changed. And that change changed the world. You changing the world? One life at a time, right? You got kids? One life at a time. I'm not saying you got to get out there and go to... Uh, be a Billy Graham and share with all, share right there with one who God gives you your own grandchildren I got two of those too last time they were here man they called me sensei because that's what I want to be I want to be the master teacher to my grandbabies I want to teach them all about Jesus man we pulled up one of those because their daddy's done trained them how to use a uh, I really think it's the mama but I love my daughter-in-law so I ain't throwing her on the bus I'll throw Jordan I love my daughter-in-law. But they, they get that iPad thing, and they play all this Mickey Mouse junk on it, you know, Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. And, and, and so, but, but Sensei got it out, and I started putting on uh, music from back when I, you know, Jesus loves me, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. They got it remixed a little bit, you know, it, it sounds more to their, their uh, liking, you know, their genre. But, man, it, it's good, man. I'm just singing this little, you know, man, we're singing it and getting with it. She's loving it. Man, she had her little light. Don't hide it under a bushel. No, I'm going to let it shine. It ain't changed. You can sing it with them. Whatever you remember it as a kid. Man, you know, walking around Jericho, that old song. We sang them all. That's, that's the deal about God's Word. You can sing it. You can preach it. You can tell a story about it. You can do all those kind of things. That's what we're to do. We're instill the Word of God into those people around us, especially those grandbabies and babies, those 
though even y'all with little kids and stuff like that man pour it into them I, I'm, I'm gonna tell you i've been doing d life with my two boys right now we're on week six where we're, we're reading the bible together the new testament and and, and talking about it last night and, I, I, and if i cry i cry i don't care y'all know i'm a sack so my oldest one he prayed last night this is what my oldest one said in a prayer last night. He said, thank you, God, give me a daddy that's wanting to disciple his two sons and spend time with him in God's word. I'm going to tell you what, that meant more to me than all the junk I've ever earned or done in my lifetime. Because you know about all that junk I've earned in my lifetime? It's wood, it's hay, and it's stubble. But what we're doing to those kids and pouring into their lives, it's going to be an eternal reward. It was awesome, I'm telling y'all. So we see this in Acts. We see it in Matthew. This is a scripture. Matthew 28, 18 and 19 through 20. You probably say, preacher, I've heard you say that scripture a thousand times. Good. I'm going to say it a thousand more times till it sticks. And that's who we are. He said, Jesus came and spoke to them saying, see, this is what I like about it. Just like we talked about there in Acts. He says, all authority has been given to me. That's Jesus. He has all authority in heaven and in earth. Then he commissions these disciples, go therefore make disciples of all nations. See, that's disciples making disciples. One day we're going to get there. We're getting there slowly right now. We're seeing disciples become disciples. Therefore, make disciples all the nations, baptizing them in the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. Remember, that's what we've been talking about. He's saying all those things that those three and a half years that we walked through, those commands and, and all the things that I poured into your life and gave it to you, now you're to duplicate. Can I just tell you all something? This is, this is from as deep in my heart as I can give it to you. It's cool meeting together. We need it. Iron needs to sharpen iron. We need to come together and spend time together. But I'm telling you, we need to be training and teaching. We don't just need to always be hearing it. Look, if you're hearing it tonight and you're like, man, that's what I need to take over here and pour that into somebody else, that is great. That's good, and that's what we need. But it's not just to come in here and just take it in and then just do, do nothing with it. Can we all agree to that? I mean, I'm not telling you to take I want you to take it out. If you don't, you do, you do, you don't. I'm not here to bring guilt, shame, or hard stuff. I'm just, I'm just trying to teach you as a, as a teacher teaching other people. It's good to come in here. I, I've been texting my Sunday school class and different ones. You know, Wednesday night recharge. We want to come in here and get our batteries recharged. I do. But if I'm running on a full battery, you know what I need to be doing? Giving it away giving it away and, and this is the part and lo I am with you always even till the end of the age see when you're sharing the gospel the cool thing is it's not you and when they reject it I had somebody come up to me it was the sweetest thing Sunday morning because I just really felt in my spirit as I was studying last week that somebody needed to hear that message and I, I, I challenged you guys to invite some of your, your lost friends and and this person came up to me and said, hey, just don't get discouraged. 
I said, you know what? If this was a few years ago, I probably would have. But I've gotten closer in understanding God more and more. They're not rejecting me. And I'm going to tell you now, they're not rejecting you. They're rejecting God. And that's why I can just keep on keeping on and, and sharing and giving an invitation every Sunday. If people come down, they come down. If they don't, it's not on me. I'm doing what I'm required to do. And you are too when you're being a witness. They're not rejecting you. They've been rejecting Jesus from the beginning, amen? Yeah, they've been rejecting him. So don't, don't take it to heart. Don't, don't get caught up in that because he's with you even to the end of the age. And that's great news. So John builds on the whole thing, this chapter 15, and he's moving forward into 16. These things I have spoken to you. What are the things that he spoke to them? I'm the vine. My father is the vine dresser. What else did he say in there? Abide in me and I'll abide in you. So he's giving them some clear command. He's giving them some stuff. Hey, th th this, is, this is where we're going. Your joy may be fulfilled. I was explaining that to my kids last night too. You know, joy is when you share Jesus with somebody and they accept it and, and you, you are a part of that little bit of deal in that. And, and that's joy. It's joy telling people about your church and your, your church family and all this. And so he's telling them that my joy may be full. And then he, he told us in, in chapter 5 to love one another. Wouldn't it be good if we just all loved one another? I mean, like genuinely love. When we had a need, you met it. And, you know, we, are we always going to agree on everything? No. I'm going to tell you right now, my dad had some of the some crazy rules sometime that I didn't agree with. I still love my father. Still think he's one of the greatest men that ever, you know, walked on the planet, you know, that kind of stuff. So, yeah, even in a family union, you're going to disagree. But you know what? You talk it out. You don't blow up and get mad and walk out. You're committed. We're committed to the body of Christ, right? We're committed to one another. Love each other. And, and then he begins to kind of tell us a little bit, why is all this hate and all this stuff? He said, you know, the world will hate you because it hated me first. Hated Jesus first. And I talked about that last week. I'm not going to bring that one back up. They persecuted me. They'll persecute you. You know, if people persecute you at your work or wherever you are, you're talking about Jesus and different things. He said, hey, dude, they did it to me. They did it so far. They jerked my beard out. They, they jammed a crown on my head, and they put me on a cross. Hey, let me, let me tell you something. You ain't been to the cross. You ain't been to the cross. You've been to the cross for salvation, but you ain't been hung on one. You ain't been spit on, have you? Flogged. Cat of nine tails across your back, ripped it open so bad that you should have bled out. That's persecution. Somebody telling me no or, or don't respond to the gospel, that's not persecution. Our brothers and sisters in China and different places in the world, they're getting killed over saying, I'm a believer. That's persecution. Can we agree to that? Amen. So the world hated him. They were persecuted. And then you see they, they've seen and heard the truth. And he says, those folks, they've seen it and they heard it. And you know what? They hate me and they hate the Father. What are you saying? And then Jesus predicted the future to his disciples. 
go to verse 4 with me, if you will. We're about to wrap up. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. So he's reminding them, hey, look, I've already told you. I'm, I'm predicting the future to you guys, you disciples. But he's also saying help will come when I'm physically gone from you. He told them, I will go. He will help you. Let's keep, let's keep looking at it. He says um, in, in verse 1 of 16, These things I have spoken to you that you should not be made to stumble. He's saying you don't have to stumble. These things are going to come. These things are going to happen. What he's saying is once you have the Holy Spirit inside, you don't have to sin. You're choosing to sin. You're going to choose to stumble. And Remember, Peter chose to deny Christ. These things happen, and so he's saying you should not be made to stumble. I will help you, but I'll tell you this, hate will come. I'll tell you as believers too, man, when you're, when you're talking to Jesus and you're you know, just sharing your faith and sharing your heart and all this kind of stuff, there's some people out there that will hate you. It's not really that they're hating you, they just hate Jesus. You can say God in a lot of places, and that's a vanilla term nowadays, God. I mean, that can mean so many things, and it doesn't offend hardly anybody. But when you narrow it down to the word Jesus, that's when it will take place and those things will happen. And he's telling them persecution will come. How about this one? They're going to be removed from the synagogue. A place to worship wherever Jew boy needs to be and, and to hear and all this. And he said, you'll be removed for my name's sake for you're talking about me, for you telling the truth and speaking and all this, they'll kill you. And they'll think they're doing it to honor God. Can you remember one that that happened to? Starts with a Stephen. <laughs> Stephen in Acts. Acts 7.59, you can go read all that when you want to, but, and they stoned Stephen. And he was calling on God, saying, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. As they were stoning him and, and killing him, he, he's praying for them, and he's praying and all this stuff. So we, we see Stephen was killed. We see James in, in Acts 12, 2. Then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. So he's telling these guys, hey, look, you're going to die as well. And then Acts 9, 1 through 4, on the Damascus Road, who, who, what happened on, on there? Saul, that's right, who became Paul. Paul was, he was hating on some Christians. He's trying to get letters to have them all killed and, per, you know what I mean, he's persecuting, he's going after them and all this kind of stuff. So he, 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 uh, we see this happen to him in, in Saul's life. He'd heard the voice of Jesus and he got saved. So Jesus was warning the disciples He's warning them about the coming persecution in order to strengthen their faith. So he's, he's warning them to just strengthen their faith, to, to, to strengthen by recognizing his knowledge of the future, that they would grow in their confidence in him. So they're building that faith. He's building faith into him. He, he's predicting it so when it does happen, they're like, oh, wow, he did know what he was talking about. This is the Messiah we had. This is what was going on. So here's the conclusion right here. 
What year is it? 2024. Is God still the same? So you have the same Holy Spirit that he was talking to them inside of you. Isn't that good news? You have the same comforter. You have the same advocate. You have the same thing that they... Because, see, we're disciples. They were apostles. They were firsthand hearers, seers, and, and walked with Jesus. We're his disciples. We, we see and understand. We've been born again. We're followers of Christ. So, in 2024, same promises. Isn't it good that the promises are yes and amen? That there's a promise for each and every one of you. And whatever you're going through tonight or tomorrow, or any, the promises are right here. They're little nuggets that we get to go in as coal miners and dig out some coal out of here. And we get to see it turn into gold and diamonds and things that happen in our lives. We have the paraclete, the Holy Spirit. He's our helper in our Christian walk. You know what? We stumble sometimes in this Christian walk, though, don't we? We bump into things. We hit roadblocks. We hit things face on and stuff like that. They did, too. But they had the Holy Spirit to walk them through all these circumstances. And guess what? You do too. That's great news. We have this helper. And you know what? We don't have to stumble. We don't have to go into sin and be involved in sin like that. A lot of times we just choose and we get, get ourselves put in those situations for what we do. One more thing, because he told us in there. We're witnesses. In 2024, we're witnesses of what Jesus has done in our lives. We're witnesses that he is the way, the truth. We're, we're Christian witnesses about all, and, and here's the thing. He's with you as well. Isn't that great news? We have that same Holy Spirit within us, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And, and as we've been talking about this, the title of these messages has been this vital relationship with his disciples. See, you know what? You have a vital relationship with him. Amen? Where does it start? This is vitality. This is where you have that vital relationship. And I wish these had a big hole in them when I was a little kid and when I used to wear out my, my knees and my jeans from running and sliding on them and everything. I wish they were wore out from praying. Abiding in the Word and spending time with the Word. We need to spend time with them through the Word, through prayer. So we're going to just pray out and we'll get into our prayer requests in just a second. But as we're praying, I want us to just think about that. Am I His witness? That he's called me to be should I be witnessing more absolutely are you taking advantage of this great relationship that's available to you hey here's the deal if not I've got great news for you you can start tonight you can start tonight you can say man I, I've, I've not been that disciple I've not been that follower I've not been that witness you know what? We can get alone here in just a few minutes and get along with God and say, Lord, tonight I'm laying down a stake and I'm going to be that witness you called me to be. I'm going to do a better job in 2024. You know what? If, if you hadn't been a part of the reading plan of the New Testament, you said, man, I, I, missed, I missed it. You know what? I'm going to remind you Sunday that, that, that this week you can start in Mark 1. 
You might have missed Matthew 1 through 20, some odd through there, through 28. Okay. But you can start Mark 1 tonight. Amen? Isn't it good, just like the rising of the sun, the new day starts? A new day with Jesus starts fresh and anew every day. Father God, we thank you for this Wednesday night, this time in your word. Lord, I pray that it has recharged us, it's fired us back up, it's challenged us. We know where there's challenge, there's change. So, Father, I pray you change us, slowly make us into your image. Just not who I, who I need to be, but God, I know through you and with you I can be. Help us as we walk through this journey. We love you, we praise you, in Jesus' name, amen. Let's go over our prayer list, and I'll let you go.